Good morning, everyone. It's so great to be here. We're so thankful for uh, being able to come for this opportunity. We're so grateful for you all's friendship. And we're just excited that we have an ongoing relationship with this church. We love you all. Thank you. All right, one of us needs to sit down, either y'all or me. Y'all go ahead and be, be seated. Yeah, we appreciate your pastors. They're awesome people. Very few pastors will uh, open their church, their life, their pulpit to somebody that was once here. Uh, and I, I hope you understand and realize uh, the humility, the understanding of kingdom, the understanding of authority that Pastor Stephen Connie have. Uh, you know, I often say this, that, uh, and I'll just say it again, you guys are really, really blessed because you have, as your pastor, Pastor Stephen Connie Corona, and I hope you tell them that often. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get started here today and, and, and work just as much as we can and, and talk a little bit about the kingdom. You know, as we're learning things, I wish almost 30 years ago now I, I knew what I know now, don't you? You know, some people say, well, wouldn't you like to go back and start it all over again? And the answer is, absolutely not. Good, <laughs> no way. But anyway... Uh, so we're learning a lot about the kingdom, and it's really the key, if you will, to everything. Because if we would just understand the kingdom, and if I ask people, do you understand the kingdom? Most people say, well, sure, yeah, I do. Uh, but then, you know, I thought I did. You know, Rama graduate, been in the ministry all these years, actually uh, probably close to 20, 25 years when I started really seeing this, this revelation. And, and I thought I had it. And everybody else here has been in that spot where you thought you had it. But I'm learning so much now that I'm thinking, well, how in the world did I make it all this time? You know what I mean? And so we'll spend a little time on it. So uh, if you want to take some notes, we'll look at a little bit of Greek today. We'll just spend some time. It'll be fun. So first of all, let's look at this. And, and I, want to, I want to first define the word kingdom because it's important for you to understand. If we get started in this, you need to understand what the word kingdom means. You need to understand what things are. And so the word kingdom in the Greek is the Greek word basilia. And the Greek word basilia, actually you can remember three R's, you can remember it. The word basilia in the Greek means the realm where royalty rules. The realm, this is from the Greek, the realm where royalty rules. And so understand this, that... The kingdom has to have a realm. Somebody, and this is so vitally important, somebody has to rule that kingdom. And if you don't, there's somebody waiting in the wings to, to rule it for you. And so we must understand that. And so today we'll look at a couple of scriptures and just kind of get into some things. I want you to understand that there are, some, there are two kingdoms operating simultaneously. There's the kingdom of light the kingdom of his dear son, the son of light, the kingdom of God. And there's also the kingdom of darkness. And they rule and operate simultaneously. And you and I, based on what we're doing, what we're thinking, what we're saying, how we're acting, all those kind of things, we're operating in one of those two kingdoms. 
actually I just taught a class in our university and we were talking about kingdom realities and I drew two circles and I said okay let's talk about the kingdom of darkness and in the kingdom of darkness what what kind of words could we put in this circle and people were saying fear and doubt and anger and you know all that stuff and I actually had one of our one of our students just start crying in the middle of class and I'm like dude you know this is class here what's going on and he said, for the first time, I realize I've been operating out of the wrong kingdom. And so it's so vitally important for us to understand this. There are two kingdoms, and you will operate in one of the two here. There's actually three kingdoms, and somebody's going to say, oh, there's three kingdoms. And you're right, there are. There's the kingdom of heaven, and that's where God lives. There's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness, so three. But you and I operate here today in one of these two kingdoms. So uh, if you have a Bible and want to go with me to uh, Romans chapter 8, we'll get started. Talk about the kingdom for a minute. Got all kinds of stuff to say and look at and work on. We'll just see how far we go. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. I guess I ought to get there too. Romans. Actually, if you'll read Romans, the first, at least the first eight chapters... It's all good, it's all, but the first eight chapters really identify the two kingdoms. You know, I never really spent a lot of time in Romans. I mean, some, we all do, right? But um, when I started really understanding and looking at this, I started spending more time in the book of Romans and found all this stuff about the two kingdoms. But we'll just today just read, uh, we'll just read verse 2. Romans 8, 2 says this, for the, spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now that tells us two things. First of all, it identifies the two kingdoms, spirit of life and the spirit of of death it says it this way here of the law of sin and death so the the kingdom of, of sin and death and so it identifies two kingdoms but there's something here that really helped me this helped me about as much as any one thing in my christian walk when i realized because how many of you have heard you know the grace message and yes we believe in grace but i, I think as the enemy always does brother hagan used to say this if the enemy can't get you in one ditch He's going to do his best to get you in the other ditch. And so if we all operate under, you know, the, the law, you know, the Mosaic law, the Cain's and all that stuff, when you come out of that, the enemy wants to get you over here into this other kingdom to where you feel like, oh, I can do anything I want to. I'm not under the law. I don't have any rules. I'm just free. And if we're not cautious, we get over there. And if we get over there, we get ourselves in trouble. Let me just tell you, we do. And so it's very important to understand that. But, you know, here's the thing. Because of that, I think we have missed the fact that the kingdom of God operates by law. When that really dropped in my spirit, it made a huge difference in me. Because if the kingdom operates by law, then it has to work, right? You know, when you go to a traffic light, you're not praying as you get to a traffic light that it's going to act like it's supposed to, do you? You don't, as a rule, go to a stop sign, uh, you know, 
we're all law-abiding people here. And don't say, well, I'm free from the law, so I don't have to stop at stop signs. There are laws, you know, not many of us, maybe a couple of you, I know some of you, maybe some of you would do this, get up on the top of a barn roof or a garage roof and jump off because the laws don't apply to you anymore. No, the law of gravity still applies when you, before you were born again and after you're born again. Why? Because laws work. Now, why is that so important? Well, it's very important because if the laws of the spirit of life work, and the, one of the laws, and we'll talk about a little bit of it as we go, one of the laws would be the law of faith, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. That's a law. It has to work. Faith has to work. The next verse, verse 24, says, Whatsoever things ye desire, this is Mark 11, 23 and 24, by the way, whatsoever things ye desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. That's a law. It has to work. Excuse me, it doesn't work for me all the time. Well, there's a reason for that. And it's not because sometimes God does it and sometimes God doesn't. You know, if you don't understand law, then you'll say, well, you know, God does, you know, I remember back in the denomination, the thought was God heals some of the people some of the time, but not all the people all the time. Well, if you believe that, then there's no law there. What can you put your faith to? What can you actually really put your faith to there? And there's nothing. You can't because God does it sometime, but not all the time. So there's no faith there. People say, well, I have my faith in God. heals some sometime, but not, but some, not all the time. There is no faith there. There is no being fully persuaded there. Just that God likes some people and maybe not me, which we all know that's wrong, right? And so understand this, that the kingdom operates by law, which means it has to work, has to work, has to work. So back in the spring, I'm praying and I'm asking God, all right, uh, you, you know, let's just have a little conversation here. Because there's some things in my life that aren't working, and I know that it's the will of God. Actually, one thing, I'm praying about a, a way to, for God to bring provision into my life. And I, and I know the Lord told me to do it this way. And when I did it that way, it looked like it was going to work. And then all of a sudden, it stopped working. And so we're having this conversation, and I'm asking him why. And here's what he said to me. He said, the laws of the kingdom and the laws of harvest have to work. If they do not work, then you have violated a law of the kingdom and thereby given the devil an access point into your life. Man. I mean, that hurt for a little bit. It stung a little bit because, you know, you know, here we are you know, faith folk and believing and confessing and all those things. But for him to say to me, you're the one that violated the laws. And I'll just, I'll tell you one of them today. I don't, I won't go into all of them. We'll do it someday. But the thought that I want you to see is that laws have to work. They have to. And if they don't, you need to look for where you have violated. Because, because we did it. 
You know, some people say they, because the law of faith is one of them, of course, people say they're in faith. Do you know, I have people tell me all the time, you know, I have, we have two campuses uh, for our university. We're getting ready to bring another church into uh, our campus in Roanoke. And so we'll have three churches represented in our, in our and, and I have people tell me this all the time, I'm a faith person. And I want to say, and depending on who it is, I want to say, no, you're a special faith person. Meaning sometimes it works, you know, when everything's just exactly right, you know? Because you can, Brother Hagen used to say this, and it's absolutely true. I've been doing this over almost 30 years now. It's absolutely true when Brother Hagen said, if you listen to somebody for about five minutes, you can locate them. Had somebody ask me the other day to pray for them. Well, what are we supposed to do when people ask us to pray? We're supposed to pray for them. So, you know, now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul. And they look at me like, what are you doing to me? Well, you said pray. First thing came to mind. No, what are you believing for? Because if I don't know what you're believing for, I can't come into agreement with you. See, here's something else, you know, and... and we're in this flow thing going on now, and, and you know, I, I may get to my notes and I may not, but here's something else. You are in charge of you. I can't override you and what you need. I can't do that. And if, you're, if you say, I'm sick and I need you to pray for me that I'm healed... The very first thing I'm going to do, because I did it with this gentleman, all right, what are you believing for? And his comment to me was, well, I want to be healed. Well, I didn't, it didn't take five minutes. How many of you can go ding, 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 ding? He's not in faith. And what we have to understand is that we've got to find where people are. And it has to do with kingdom. All that has to do with kingdom. And so here are the first two things I want you to know. I want you to know what a kingdom is. I want you to know that there are two kingdoms operating simultaneously. I also want you to know that the kingdom of God operates by law. Here's the book. You want to know how healing operates? Right here it is. Here's how healing operates. Jesus paid the price for your healing. By his stripes, you were healed. So I don't have to beg, plead, squall, ball, hope, all that stuff. All I have to do is receive what he did. See, when we understand some of these things. So that guy, he said, well, I'd like to be healed. And I said, you know, brother, I could pray for you. But I'm not going to. And that kind of stunned the whole class. The, here, here I am, the instructor, the dean, the chancellor of the university, and I ref, uh, not refused, but I just said, I'm not going to pray for you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home and write on a piece of paper what you want God to do. And meditate on that all week. Now, next week in class, we'll pray for you. You'll be healed. Now, what I expected to happen actually did. Because he went home and wrote on a piece of paper. And he'd, I'd already told him, I don't want you to say, I'd like to be healed. I want you to say, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Therefore, a healed person does this. 
a healed person doesn't have this pain. He had some tooth problem. I don't remember. some, you know, pain in his tooth. And so uh, he came back the next week. And so before class started, I said, so how's your tooth? And he said, well, you know what? He said, I wrote that on a piece of paper and got to looking at it and meditating on it. And that pain left. That's what I wanted to see happen. And we explained that. We talked about that. We'll talk about it uh, in this next class that I do in January there where we talk about we're going to take case studies and, and identify why faith worked and why it didn't. Because I think that's where the rubber meets the road. But anyway, now that you understand there are two kingdoms and they operate simultaneously, this explains, this explains to me Matthew chapter 6. I've always had trouble with this verse. And of course, Matthew 6.33, everybody knows it. But, you know, I always had trouble with this because growing up in a Presbyterian church, then to a Pentecostal church, then to a faith church, you know, it was always, it just always bugged me. But the scripture, everybody knows it, you could all say it with me, but the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And so I grew up believing this. Maybe you did too. I don't mean to kick over sacred cows this morning. But, you know, as they say, if the shoe fits, let's just go ahead and get it on. So I used to think it meant this, that if you would be busy doing God's work, coming to church, praying, tithing, giving, doing all the church stuff, if you're busy doing his stuff, then he's behind you giving you stuff. Anybody else kind of feel that way in some form or another? Well, I got to seek God's stuff first. I got to deny myself and go after God. And if I deny myself and go after God, then He will take care of me. I need just at least one person to go, yeah, that's kind of where I was. Thank you very much. So, anyway, it doesn't mean that. And when you understand kingdom, it's just so obvious. And when I saw this, I'm like, oh, It makes sense for the very first time, very first time ever. Now, the word seek in the Greek is a Greek word, dezato, dezato, and it means this. It means to follow after. It also means to strive to consider. And so all this word seek means is to change here. To get an understanding of the kingdom. So really, we could say it this way. We could say, Matthew 6.33 starts out, get an understanding of the kingdom. Now look at this, and his righteousness. I looked up this word his in the Greek just because it it still didn't make sense. It's bugging me. Anybody ever have a scripture that just bugs you? You read over it and you go, "Eh, no, eh, no, something's not right. Well... You know, if that happens, I'm going to stop and get into it. You know, we're reading a book, Debbie and I are reading a book together, actually separately together. She was teaching a class uh, in the university. It was called uh, Discovering Your Destiny. And she said in this class, and it it really struck me, that she had found out that if you read 10 pages a day, correct me if I'm wrong, 
in a year, you could complete 18 books, about 200 pages or so each. And I thought, 18 books? You know, I don't know in high school if I read 18 books in my four years of high school. You know, and so I'm thinking, wow, that would be awesome. So I start trying to do that. And I'm reading along. She read first. I like to let her do first because she underlines and highlights. And I come in behind, and if I see a page that there's nothing on it, I know. I'll do, yeah, anyway. And, and so um, it's called the accelerated program. <laughs> but, um, and so I'm reading along, and I, I find a scripture, and it just bugs me. And so I take a side trip, and I get, you know, I get my concordance and my stuff out and start working. And I realize about 20 minutes later, I did not read my 10 pages. After about the third or fourth day of that, I went to her and I said, I'm going to get this book done. But I have to confess, I'm not getting my 10 pages done a day. Now, 10 pages doesn't sound like much. And so I explained to her what I did. And she said, bless you. No, she didn't do that. But she said, it's okay. You don't have to read the 10 as long as you're getting it done. But here's the point. This is the point I want you to see. A scripture, if it bothers you, take some time with it. Get in there and dig that thing out. What's the deal? Because something's, if it's bugging you, you know, if, if it contradicts itself, it can't, the Bible can't do that. And so there's got to be something wrong here in translation. Now, this word his, I said all that to say this, is the Greek word autos. Autos, A-W-T-O-S, autos. And autos means to connect to the subject. That's all it means. To connect to the subject. And so the translators saw the kingdom of God. And so they connected righteousness with the subject. And of course the subject should be God. Uh -uh. If you look at this you'll see. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Meditate. Understand the kingdom and the kingdom's righteousness. See, we've been trying to live right like God's righteousness when that's not what it's talking about because we all know that the word righteousness simply means the right way of doing things. And so if we look at that, we realize that it's actually saying understand the kingdom and kingdom laws, all these things shall be added to you. Doesn't that make so much more sense? I know it doesn't sound as religious, but it's right. And so we have to understand this. You and I should be constantly looking for the kingdom. I I do it all the time. I'm constantly looking for who's in charge here. I'm all the time looking for what are the laws that operate. I'm always looking for, are there violations in the kingdom? Have I violated? Has somebody else violated? What's going on here? Because if you can understand this, it takes the maybe out. God never intended for us to go through life saying, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. And I almost can guarantee if I start over here and go through here and include me, or I'll go first, everybody in this room has had a faith failure or two. So, well, that's not a very good confession. Well, sometimes we need to locate where we are to know where we got to go. 
So, having understood all that, now I have a question for you. And I'm going to give you a statement first, so listen very carefully. The greatest sound in the kingdom is the voice of the king. Who's your king? Somebody telling me who your king is. Yeah, everybody's like, well, it's a trick question. I just know it is. Yes, it is. And I heard Jesus. Did I hear anything? anyone else? We are. I saw I hear a we are. I hear a Jesus is. And you know what the answer is? They're both correct. But you see, here's what we have to understand. Jesus spoke into our heart, and then he said, now you go and take dominion. Anytime you see take dominion, that means take part of your kingdom. And so I want you to understand something. I will define kingdom here in just a moment. But you need to understand something. You need to realize that everything around you that God has for you, whether you have accepted it or not, is part of your kingdom. Have you ever you've known somebody that had a 40-acre farm or 50-acre or 100-acre farm? And, you know, well, that part over there on the back 40 or the back whatever, you know, I really don't really go over there much. I don't know what's over there. It's full of weeds, and, you know, you just never know what's over there. It's still theirs. They just haven't done anything with it. And there are places in your life right now that God has designed for you to be that you have not yet taken hold of. And the reason for that is because you didn't understand, I have not understood, excuse the grammar, I be the king. Isn't Jesus the king of kings? The Lord of lords? We think that means in the great, you know, by and by in the, you know, after the rapture, when we come back and rule and reign, that we're going to be a king. And that's true. We are. But I have good news. You're a king right now. You're the king of your kingdom. The word kingdom, in its simplest form, means the dominion of the king. That rascally skunk, the devil, is operating in king as king in part of your li- parts of your lives he has no business doing. Well, I'll never get there. I'll never do that. Guess who you just gave the right to rule and reign in that part of your life? You know, I used to say, oh, I'd never do that. Now, right now, I don't have a need for an airplane. I used to say I'll never have need for an airplane. And I'm not saying that I'm going to get an airplane. That is not my point at all. But I'm just realizing I need to start taking the limits off of my kingdom because there are things that God wants to do in my life that I have said, I'll never do that. I'll never live in that. I'll never have that. I'll never drive that. You know, our church just went through a 30-day fast. For some of us, it was one of the hardest fasts we'd ever done. Bread and water. No, it wasn't bread and water either. We fasted negativity. You can't say, I can't do, I won't have, it won't work. You can't say any of that stuff for 30 days. I had one guy call me and say, Pastor, I can't do it anymore. I'm just going to admit it to you right now. I have had a negative-filled 
day yuck. I said, you're going through detox, aren't you? <laughs> All righty then. Um, but I want you to think about this statement again now that you know who the king is. Yes, Jesus is the king. Yes, we know that. He is the Lord of my life. Yes, I know that. But according to Psalm 115, 14, he gave us the right and the ability to rule and reign here on this earth. Anybody ever prayed the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Kingdom of God. There's two kingdoms. Operate in my life so that your will will be done. We pray that the kingdom of God operates in and through us. So, the, I want you to think about this for a second because I meditate on this. I, I, I think about this all the time. The greatest sound, the most important sound in your kingdom is the voice of the king. I want you to get a picture of this. We're going to come to it in just a second, but let's just go ahead and kind of get started just for a second. Let's look at this for a second. Just think about everything that you have, everything that you are, everything that God has for you, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. But just think of, you know, your, your life as a 40-acre farm, and it's, you've got fence all the way around. And in that kingdom are things operating and things that want to be. And that kingdom, if you're talking a lot of confusion and you're talking a lot of doubt, one minute your faith and one minute your doubt and one minute your sickness and one minute your debt, one minute you're poor and one minute your wealth and all that stuff, your kingdom is swirling in confusion, doesn't know what to do. Why is this? I, you know, God is not the author of confusion. What in the world is going on here? I'll tell you what's going on. The, your kingdom is desiring, begging, if I can use that word for just a moment, pulling for the voice of the king. Now, we're not going to get political here, but if you remember 9-11, right after, you know, that during that day, everybody, there's just so much fear and turmoil and just all this stuff swirling. And at whatever time it was, we were going to hear from our president. And, of course, you remember he opened all, asked all churches to open their doors and let's pray this week and let's, let's, let's get the heart of God and so forth and so on. Here again, no, no political part there, but I just want you to understand what you get the picture of. When the president, when our president came on the air and said, my fellow Americans, peace came over this country. Now, not complete peace because there was still a lot of stuff going on, but there was a, it's going to be Okay. Transfer that to your kingdom. Think about the fact that there are things in your kingdom, there are things that God has placed there for you to do, to be, to have, to see. And when you declare the day of coronation has come, the king is here. And you start decreeing and declaring over your kingdom, 
I want you to see the peace that comes into your kingdom. You know, when it looks like everything's about ready to fall apart, anybody ever been there? You know, I've been in positions to where it looked like this is not what, 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 what? What else could go wrong? Anybody ever been there? You get there, you need to do something. You need to step, step back just a second and say, okay, so what, is, what voice is my kingdom hearing? Getting kind of quiet in here, but I just think we need to. You know, there, there's such power and there's so, such a release and so much freedom in this if we just understand. If I stand up and say, oh, nobody, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Sickness has no right here. Good. I, I, don't, I, don't pray over my, I don't pray over my kingdom per se. I declare over my kingdom. Good. Now I pray for wisdom so I'll know what to declare. But when it comes to my kingdom, I declare, thy will be done. Here, as his plan is for me. So not only do you need to identify the kingdom, not only do you need to understand the kingdom and, and, and the fact that the kingdom of God is in you, Luke tells us, but then you need to understand that you need to start declaring over it. Because whether you like it or not, what you say is what you have. Oh, that only works when we turn the faith switch on. If we don't turn the faith switch on, it doesn't work. No, no, it works all the time. And we either are, gaining, are, are granting access to the laws of the kingdom of God or we're granting access to the enemy and the kingdom or the power of sin and death. You know, I thought we'd get a few more smiles, but it's, it's just the way. I, I've had this conversation with me is why I can have it with you. Now, here's number three, and, and I'll be done in just a little bit. But this, to me, this was it right here. Here's where the rubber meets the road. In the process of all this stuff, when the Lord spoke to me, he said, if it's not working, it's not working because you have violated the laws of the kingdom and harvest. And, uh, and actually, I have it right here. I, I still have it. I carry it with me everywhere I go. Um... I'm supposed to do this, so let's do it real quick. So here are the seven laws he gave me. I'm going to give them to you. If you'll write them down, go back and listen to this later and get them again or whatever. I'll try to go slow, but not too slow. So here they are, the, the, the seven laws of the kingdom and harvest. This has, to do, this has to do specifically with harvest, but it operates in the kingdom. I'm sure there's some others, but these are the seven that God gave me. Because he said, you're violating the laws of harvest. God, why is this not working? What happened here? Okay, so here they are. Number one, and, I, and listen for a second. Don't think, oh, I know what that is. I call it the law of worship. And here's what the Lord said to me. It doesn't have anything to do with singing. Here's what the Lord said to me. He said, the one that you depend on for your provision is the one you see as Lord. Oh. I mean, that stuck. He said, when you look to something else as your provision, he said, it's called idolatry. 
And of course, I just went, yeehaw, thank you, Lord, for that. But still true. You see, here's the deal. Everybody would go, oh, no, not me. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, me either. Except I did. See, we were looking at a bank refinance. The Lord told us to do it, and I was looking at it, and we were doing it. And so we were in the process of it. Everything was going really good. And all of a sudden, the door slammed shut. Well, here's what happened. I'll look back at it later. We, we started out saying that God has given us an idea for this, and it's going to free up some money for us. But then we started along the way somewhere. We started saying the bank is going to take care of all of the, the money from the bank is going to take care of all of our needs. And then we got to saying the bank is providing. How many of you know that's idolatry? There was an access point for the enemy. He got in. He stopped it. I wish I could just, I could teach on all these. But here we go real quick. Number two. The law of persistent focus. The second law is the law of persistent focus. What you keep focused on, you'll see. And the enemy will do his very best to get you to lose focus. Anybody ever driven down the road and you're driving down the road and you're looking over this way and then you look over here and you look in the back seat and you know you're doing all this stuff and you think that you can stay right on track but you know it's not happening right the enemy's going to do his very best to get you off this is the law of persistent focus whatever you're believing for you got to stay on it You cannot get off. You cannot get off and start thinking something else. You can't do it. Number three. Number three is the law of timing. Mark chapter 4 verse 29 says, And when the harvest has come, immediately he puts the sickle in. Well, let's just wait about this a little. Let's just wait a little bit and just see if it's, all, if it's going to be okay. Are we, anybody procrastinating here? You don't have to raise your hand. There'll be some of you. You're such procrastinators, about halfway on the way home, you'll raise your hand. <laughs> we asked me to raise my hand. Uh, it's called the law of timing. Immediately know the time and do it. When God says now, do it now because there's an opening. There's an opportunity. Number four, the law of constant change. Well, bless God, we've done it this way for 40 years. Mama did it this way. Grandma did it this way. And bless God, I'm going to do it this way. There's only one problem in that. We get comfortable in things. Now, here's something I want you to understand. That the enemy can uh, come in and, and stop things. If you give him an access point, he can, he can hit the door on something. He can shut it. Well, if the door is shut, sometimes if you listen to God, he'll say... That door is shut. Well, bless God, I'm going to blow it open. Why? When God says, take three steps over here, and there's the open door now. It's called the law of strategy, which is in this the law of constant change. God can give you a new strategy. If you've missed timing on things, it doesn't mean that you've lost it. Well, I know, I just missed the timing. Oh, well, I'll never get that back. No, be sensitive to the Spirit of God on the inside, and he will say to you, go to this person now, or go stand here, because I have a new strategy. 
Number five, the law of connections. The law of connections says this. It says the people around you are vital to the success or failure of your faith. Know the faith of those around you. Anybody beside me told too much of the story to somebody that wasn't in faith? And they went, ah, that'll never happen. You know what that's going to take to make that happen? That'll never happen. That can't work. It just won't work. It just won't work. It just won't work. It just won't work. And before long, you start hearing that and you believe it. You violated the law of connection. I tell everything besides to the Lord. I tell everything I know to one person. He didn't see it, but I saw it. Did you see it? Um, and that one person that I say everything to is sitting on this front row. It's my wife. It's the only person on the planet that I tell everything to. The next person would probably be Pastor Steve. But I know the law of connection says don't tell everything you know to everybody because not everybody's going to understand what you understand. Number six. I'll come back to it. Number seven is the law of divine protection. Number seven says you need to always be mindful that his angelic host is there to protect you. And number six is the law of occupation. The law of occupation says you as the king must watch over your land, if you will allow me to say it this way, your kingdom and occupy. Make sure that you know if there is a fence. And I'll tell you real quick, there's a lot of times where I know where I am not occupying my kingdom because I've allowed offense to come in and hurt, fear. And we have to occupy, we have to watch it. We have to be aware of it. So here is, real quickly, here's your kingdom. Are you ready? Here's your kingdom. Your kingdom is your mind, your heart, your dreams. Your family, your properties, and your possessions. Your destiny, your calling, and your assignments. I'm going fast, I know, but... Your finances and your nets, the places of increase. I want you to understand, the assignments that you have not yet done, he's already provided for you. Second Peter chapter 1 tells us that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So it's already there. It's already in your kingdom. You just haven't occupied it yet. And so we need to understand that. So anyway, we as the people of God need to understand that we are. If you're a born-again believer, you are the king of your kingdom. You're not born again today. Today would be the day. And you will receive the kingdom, your kingdom. It's for each and every one of us. Amen? Did you get anything out of this today? Well, come on, let's all stand. Say this with me just for a minute. Say, I, I as, a king, as a king, take my place. Take my place. I, am I am the king, the king of, my of my kingdom. I take my occupation. I take my, I take my, place. I take my place. 
I operate where I, I should. I'm the king of my kingdom. Now let me pray for you. Father, I just speak over this congregation this morning. The goodness of God. Father, I thank you for the revelation of kingdom that we have. I thank you, Father God, for speaking into the hearts and lives of people today. Kingdom realities, kingdom thoughts. Father, I thank you that we stand up as the king and take our place. In the name of Jesus. So let's just worship him for just a moment. If you want to just for a moment, just lift your hands toward heaven and thank him for his goodness. Father, we bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Now, you should feel and sense that peace right now that just flows into this room. With the very first chord that she played, the very first note, you could feel it. And right now, I just want you to receive the peace over your kingdom. Whatever's going on in your life this morning, the confusion that's swirling round about, the things that are happening that don't look like there is ever a way out, you can decree your way out. The Holy Spirit has your answer right now. And for seven years, says the Spirit of God, for seven to you long years, the enemy has held. Had you seen the forces of darkness around you that were holding those things back, it may have caused you to stumble. But you stayed true to the dream. You stayed true to the vision. Pastor Steve and Connie, you are to be commended for staying true to the vision for this new building, this new uh, upgrade. For it's an access point to greater things, greater things, greater things. It's an access point to a new season. Ha ha. A new season. For the pressure has been so great that in your minds, there's just some things we just can't get to. But now, even now, things are beginning to speed up, speed up. Take your authority in the kingdom. For you will be able to look back very shortly, very shortly, and you'll be able to see, talking specifically to Pastor Stephen Connie and this church 
leadership, but all of you, because all of you are important and involved. Very shortly, you will see how this upgrade, and the word that the Lord's given me is, will puncture some things that have been holding this church back. And with this hole now, an access point to your community and to the world. To this church. Stay in agreement. Over the next several months, stay in agreement. Don't allow the enemy to cause you to faint and grow weary. Most people don't understand how the enemy reacts when you take new ground, new territory. And the fact that in just, just a few months, there's going to be a cross out on the front corner of this building tells us that there's something new coming. The enemy doesn't like it. Too bad he's defeated. Take your place. Stand. If ever there was a time for a congregation to stand, and I know you do, it's now. Ha ha. Ha ha. The devil is defeated once again. So, Father, we bless you for it. Come on, give the Lord a great big shout. For he is a good God and greatly to be praised.